You're listening to a DM podcast. Can you do the voice of a salmon in a bowl of oxygenated water who is trying to take over the world? How am I supposed to do this right now? Trying to take over the world and I'm stuck in this bloody ball. That's fantastic. This is so bloody frustrating. (laughs) That's brilliant. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to a new episode of Mr. A+. I hope everyone is doing well. You all know that I am am aspiring to become a voice actor, right? Well, I have a professional voice actor joining me today who performed several characters on Thomas the Tank Engine in the early 2010s. He came from England and now resides here in our land down under. I'm really looking forward to this recording and I hope everyone is too. Now, that's it. Let's all give a warm welcome to the one and only, my man, Rupert Deggers. Yay! Or Fiery Flynn, as I, as, I, as I like to call them. Hello, everybody out there. It's Fiery Flynn here. <laughs> How are you and your family doing? Very well, thank you, Michael. Yes, I'm here in Sydney. Um, it's been a busy morning so far, doing some adverts for uh, a drink that I can't name. And yes, and a joy to be with you, Michael. <laughs> Thanks, Rupert. It's a pleasure and an honor. I have to ask you, in your childhood... How did you first discover your talent for voiceovers? Well, I used to, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, so I used to have a cassette recorder. I don't know if you ever had a cassette recorder when you were a kid. No. <laughs> and so I used to put the cassette recorder in front of the television and I would record, because we didn't have a VHS, we didn't even have a video then, it was before days of video, and I would record things like Blackadder and The Young Ones and three of a kind and those early 80s shows on television and I started impersonating the characters played by Tracy Ullman and Lenny Henry and David Copperfield and Rowan Atkinson and Rick Mayall and Adrian Edmondson and I loved I could do all the Blackadder scripts in all the voices but it was a little before that actually it was 1978 79 I was a massive Star Wars fan And I got the script of Star Wars in a book. And my brother and I, again, on a cassette, recorded it, playing all the parts. So one of the first impressions I did was Obi-Wan Kenobi. As an eight-year-old, I was saying, these aren't the droids you're looking for as an eight-year-old. And we're taking the glass and sounding like Darth Vader. And I just realized I really enjoyed doing that. Um, And then every time a voice came on television, I wanted to mimic it. And so I started doing voices and impressions and accents. And also, Michael, my mother worked in the business. She's in her late 80s now. But back in the day, she was a radio and television presenter. And we Mm. used to take long drives to Spain growing up as children when we'd go on our summer holidays. And my mother and I would talk in the car in different accents. We'd speak in South African accents or American accents or Scottish accents or French accents or Indian accents. And we would just talk to each other in accents and we'd entertain ourselves on our drives and that's kind of how it all started really and then when I realized I could maybe do this for a job everything kind of fell into place 
<laughs> That's really impressive. It's fun. And quite a quite a story. Although, personally, I never really have been a Star Wars fan. Ah, okay. That's all I right. Never really was. We're a different generation. When I when Star Wars came out, I was seven. I'm 53 now, so uh, Star yes, Wars was a big part of my life growing up. Um, I'm not in, into it now, but when I was a kid, I loved it, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Personally, I could never really get into it because I'm not into science fiction that much. We can all be into different things. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually more big on animation actually because it's healthier for the mind and because yes. i find the process of voice acting quite fascinating and what what are your favorite animations that you like there's thomas the tank engine of course of course in fact i'm pleasantly surprised that you didn't even know initially that that i was a huge fan of it i didn't know no i only found out recently there's also spongebob squarepants and some of the old animated shows from the 60s 70s and 80s like those of Hanna barbera and oh yes when I was a kid, I was also pretty big on Looney Tunes as well. Oh, they were brilliant. Um, I mean, you had the Jetsons and um, we had, um, what else did we have? Uh, the Flintstones, they were great. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, I used to love those. Um, uh, the, the the Wacky Races. I used to watch those ah, as yes. a kid. I used to watch things like The Little Rascals as well and Gilligan's Island. When I lived in New York, I was when I was a child, I lived in America. watched all the old sitcoms from the 60s, so I'd impersonate... Yeah. The characters from Gilligan's Island and and um, you know Buckwheat and Alfalfa yeah. from the Little Rascals, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I'm also a huge fan of Gilligan's Island. Yes, that's great. Since I was since I was 13. Yeah, it's very hard to find now, isn't it? You have to sort of get it on YouTube, I think. Well, I actually have the, the box set on DVD. Oh, really? Yeah, I oh, still cool. use the DVD player. That's good. I still have one as well, but all my DVDs are in a box in storage. <laughs> nice. I am qu quite big on Toy Story, though. Oh, Toy Story. What was the, the dinosaur? Loves it. Um, what was Rex. his name? Re Rex. Was that played by Rats John Ratzenberger, wasn't it? Who played Rex? Nope. No, no he. No. John Ratzenberger played uh, Ham. Rex is voiced by Wallace Shawn. Oh, Wallace Shawn from um, the, Princess, the Princess Bride. And he was also in Young Sheldon. Oh, yes, 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 that's right. I haven't seen that, but I've seen a clip on YouTube. I loved Wallace Shawn in The Princess Bride. That was great. You know, there's only one thing worth a land war in Asia or whatever. <laughs> that great line. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Well, glad you love animation. That's brilliant. And whenever um, a voice actor passes on, their legacy is left behind and all that's left is the voice. I know. Thank goodness. Mel Blanc. Oh, yeah. He, all his stuff. He was just amazing. What a talent. Yeah, I've been researching about this stuff for years. Yeah. What's the guy? The guy I knew that guy's from The Simpsons because I was a big Simpsons fan growing up with Dan Castellaneta and Harry Shearer and um, Hank Azaria. And Hank Azaria. Yeah. That's right. Oh, boy. That's a lovely bit of, lovely bit of Homer. <laughs> ha. Goodbye, student loan payments. Ha, ha. <laughs> hmm, what are you going to do with your student loan payments? Freeze, dude. Move another muscle and I'll blow this widow's head off. <laughs> I'm Troy McClure. Troy McClure. You might remember me from Attack of the 50-Foot Spider-Woman. <laughs> or how about this? I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such films as Today We Kill, Tomorrow We Die, and Gladys the Groovy Mule. 
<laughs> That's right. Gladys the Groovy Mule with Morgan Freeman. <laughs> ah, yes. Oh, glad to meet a fellow vocalist. It's good fun doing voices. Yeah, it is. When did you start doing voices, Michael? Well, I've never done it professionally, but I've actually been practicing them a lot since I was a kid. Brilliant. One day I just discovered that I had a talent for for impersonating character voices. Yeah. Since I started watching Looney Tunes as a kid. And were you just kind of copying what was on the television and, and to amuse yourself? Same same thing yeah, with me. Yeah, just that's right. Having a so I guess I'm a bit of an impressionist as well. Oh, brilliant. Do you do impressions of celebrities and, and stuff or just cartoon characters? Basically impersonate a celeb a celebrity's voice, but taking some some samples of what they've done in the past for work. Right. Like for example, on Brooklyn Nine Nine, Kevin Costner, played by Mark Evan Jackson, would sound sound like this. Because he's gay, Raymond has been put through hell by his colleagues, may even quite frankly look exactly like you. <laughs> I don't, I've never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so that reference is going over my head, yeah. but sounds great. <laughs> Do you like Robin Williams, Michael? I've never really been a huge fan of him, but I will absolutely admit that he had such an undeniable talent. Yes. I, sp I suppose you've seen Aladdin, and he played... Yes, I definitely genie. have. You know, and you, oh, yes, he was the genie in the lab, and he came out, oh, hello, you got to you know, and he was kind of here. And, and then that just kind of took off, didn't it? And Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, it certainly did. But also like him, I'm able to improvise myself. That's great. Improvising is really important. Um, yeah, I, is. I find with improvising, the thing to do is whatever you do, just my drama teacher used to say to me, if you believe what you're doing, the audience will believe what you're doing. So everything you do, do with conviction, mean it. Uh, you know, like if you're going to, Scream, really scream. If you're going to trip up on the piece of furniture, make, trip up and make a go of it. But when we do things wow. as actors in a small way, when we kind of like, we're afraid that if we do it, uh, if, if we draw attention to ourselves, the audience goes, ah, no, that's fake. But if you just do it with belief and conviction, the audience trusts that what you're doing is right. So I've been on stage in London when doing plays and things have gone wrong, like, you know, a piece of, Saint scenery's fallen over or a light's exploded or a speaker's gone bang or whatever or someone in the audience has been sick or whatever anything can happen in a live show but the trick is is act as if it's part of the show <laughs> so you just go on and just do it like you mean it and that's where improvising really comes in because uh, you can improvise through that surprise mistake and the audience doesn't know whether it's part of the show or not so improvising skills are really important, Michael. If you can keep doing improv, that's that's yeah. a really good thing to do. Well, I just I'm just natural at it. Excellent. What are some of your favorite voices that you've done? Oh, I think one of my favorite voices um, was I did a show called Robot Boy, which was I think um, we did four series of that. And at the audition for Robot Boy, I was a big South Park fan at the time, and I wanted to get the essence of Cartman. Um, so I just kind of made it, I made him sound like this. So I just made this kid, and I gave him this kind of voice, but made it my own. I didn't, it was Cartman, but not really Cartman. And the character just developed, and I just really loved doing this character, and I did him for 152 episodes. And that was great fun. And the other character I did in Robot Boy was um, uh, this character called Constantine, who was the, um, 
uh, henchman of there was an evil I can't remember the the evil villain, and I saw a, and one of the contestants in Big Brother was this kind of was a drag queen from Colombia. <laughs> this was in the UK, Big Brother. And I can't remember her name, but she had this amazing voice, darling, like this. So I just made this character sound like that. So in in Robot Boy, I played the henchman who was very much like that. And then go through the ideas. And it was terrific fun. I loved those. There was a character I did called Chud Chudders in a series called Scatoonie for Cartoon Network. And initially, they it was only supposed to be for a, a two-minute interstitial to for a toy giveaway. And they said he's a he's a chipmunk, um, uh, but he's a person, and he's a TV, he's a game show host with but these buck teeth. But what happened was I really went for it. Like we were just talking about actually going for something, and I went for it, and I did this voice that was, "Hey, was hi, it was like here, and hey, does anyone see my glasses?" And it was re- really kind of up here. And I thought, well, that's okay. I can sustain that for thirty seconds or a minute. But then this, it became the character became popular, and then it developed into a full on half hour game show. And we did four seasons of that. And I was knackered. I was sitting there with this uh, jug of of hot water, lemon, ginger, um, and honey, uh, which Andy Serkis calls his golem juice because it was what got him through Lord of the Rings. Um, and it, it it was amazing. I just sat there drinking this uh, concoction so that my voice wouldn't be wrecked. For speaking like this for, you know, hours. It was It's really quite hard on the voice to do that. Um, but I loved them. I absolutely loved doing that. Um, same with Bob the Builder, Scrambler as well, you know. Scram to the valley. It was all up here. Hello, Bob. Where are we going? And trying to speak like that for hours, you got to look after your voice. <laughs> Whoa, that is quite impressive there, Rupert. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> that was one of the most impressive backstories I've ever heard. <laughs> and anyway, I believe I have uh, some more questions to ask you. Like, uh, are you currently working on any exciting projects? Well, um, I've just done an animated feature film um, that I don't think I can talk about. Um, which is a shame, um, but it's got a few famous people in it so that I'm doing some, some Walla for soon. So that should be out next year. Um, we've just, we're just about to start season three of Kangaroo Beach for the ABC, which, um, Mm. we is for, I don't know if you've seen any of Kangaroo Beach. It's sort of for children Mm -hmm. to learn how to swim and for their, water safety and it's really good and i play a koala called big trev and um big trev's like here mate he's kind of like he runs the cadets and he looks after the cadets who are learning about about um about uh, swimming and 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 water safety and i also play a a, a um a ferret called i think he's a ferret anyway he looks like a ferret called gherkin who's basically sort of german and he's like oh my goody oh my goodness you know and he's always getting into trouble with sharks and waves and things uh, so that's good fun. So we're about to do season three of that. Um, uh, mainly, I, I I narrate a lot of audio books. I don't know if you listen to audio books, Michael. Unfortunately, Robert, I don't really listen to audio books. Oh, much. well, there you go. So possibly if I told you what I'm doing, you won't even know what I'm doing. So, But yes, I'm, I'm doing a lot of books at the moment. I'm doing some novellas by Patrick Rothfuss, who wrote The Kingkiller Chronicles. And um, yeah, yeah, keeping busy, keeping busy. 
Wow, that's really impressive, Rupert. Well done. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> I certainly would like to do that some of that myself. Yeah, sounds now, right. We, we're getting Humphrey Bogart here. <laughs> oh, yes. Great legend he was. That's right. My next question for you is, what are some of your aspirations outside the voice acting industry? My aspirations outside the voice acting industry. I love the theatre. I miss the theatre. I want to get back on stage. So, um, you know, I will be back on stage one day. I've had a bit of a hiatus for about a decade, but I love the theatre. Um, so outside of voice acting, you will find me very happy on a stage and I'm very happy behind a mic and I'm very happy on a, on a stage in front of an audience. <laughs> just any audience really just give me an audience that's uh -huh. the nice thing about doing voiceovers michael is you have the producers the directors the sound engineers and when you're doing a voice job it's an audience there's an audience there and if if i can improvise and have fun and go off script and if people are laughing it's working that's that's my barometer if they're laughing if they're sitting there behind the glass on their laptops and they're chuckling along as i'm as i'm working then i'm like this is this is good this isn't a good place so, so you really enjoy the theatre, I presume? I do enjoy the theatre, yes. I enjoy the theatre very much. Wonderful, wonderful. Have you done any stage acting? I believe I did. I believe I did once back in 2017. Yes. What did you do? It was called David Ives. <laughs> did you enjoy it? I certainly did, yeah. I, I played a Spaniard and I was so terrible at using a Spanish accent. Because, you know, Ant uh, Antonio Banderas is pushing boots. He has a Spanish, he's a Spanish accent. Yes. yes. Yes, I'm aware. Yes. Well, maybe we can do the rest of the interview in a Spanish accent. Si, senor. Si, si senor. That, that would be most, that would be most delightful. Most delightful, yes. <laughs> Pull the string, Bella Lugosi, yes. <laughs> Ed Ward Jr. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now... Let's talk about your time voicing Bertie, Dart, and Flynn on Thomas the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank Engine. How did you become part of the cast and why did you leave? Now, that's very controversial. Um, so oh. I became, no, no, it's not, basically I became part of the cast because um, I, was, I was in Bob the Builder and um, I was asked to join the cast of Thomas. Um, which was great. And the producer and the director of Thomas knew my work. The sound engineer I'd done a lot of work with as well at the sound company in London. And I joined the cast along and Keith Wickham's a friend of mine and, and Rob Rackstraw yes. and um, so I've known Keith for years. And so we played Den and Dart together, the two of us. And um, Martin Sherman, who was the American voice of Thomas, he was also a friend of mine. And Stephen Kinman, is, we, we all worked together growing up as young, young actors getting into the voice world. So when we were all together, it was, it was lovely. Uh, Teresa Gallagher, uh, David Badella, um, Michael Brandon. Yes. I interviewed Michael Brandon when I was 14, when he was shooting Dempsey and Makepeace wow. in my block of flats. And I went to interview him for my school magazine. And he was lovely, absolutely lovely. And then years later, I met him uh, in the audiobook world, and uh, and he remembered. It was very, very sweet. So yes, did Thomas Thomas for a bit. Um, I played Diesel Ten, and um, they 
felt that my voice was too scary. And so they asked Matt Wilkinson to do it, which is fine. But in the oh, Diesel yeah. 10, Day of the Diesels, you can actually hear my laugh. Is Matt says the line and then I go, <laughs> silly steamies. But they thought that my, my Diesel 10 would scare the children too much. Why I left? Well, I moved to Australia uh, in 2012. And yeah. when I moved to Australia, I contacted, well, my agent contacted the producers from Thomas and said, Rupert's in Australia, but we can still work remotely. And they said, no, no, we want him in the studio. And that was it. They just decided that um, me being in Australia was a barrier to continuing uh, me being in the show, which I think with the benefit of hindsight, given now that we can all work remotely all over the world, I think was probably an error on their part. So I say mm. it's controversial because um, I was I was somewhat gutted that I was replaced by the fact that I was just not going to be in the room anymore, even though I could have recorded remotely from a studio in, in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's just inflexibility on, on a studio's end. It was annoying, but, um, but you know, that's show business. <laughs> yes, of course. In fact, I've actually know about these voice actors from Thomas that you've mentioned. Yes. I actually saw that you had a fo- that you're in a photo with David Bedella. That's right. I went to see him in the Gold Coast last weekend uh, in the Rocky Horror Show. Yeah. I actually have a little bit of feedback on some of these voice actors, if that's okay. Sure. I would say that David Bedella did Victor a little better than Matt Wilkinson did. It's because David Bedella was the voice of Victor in the US version, but then he became the voice actor for the main voice actor for Victor in both the UK and the US versions. Oh, I didn't know that. Because I did the US and the UK versions of of all my characters um, Uh, in Bob the Builder and in Thomas. But a lot of us recorded separately, so I didn't know who was playing what character. Like Bill Hope, do you know William Hope? Yeah, he was the voice of Edward. That's right, and he was in Aliens. He was in the Aliens movies Mm. with Sigourney Weaver, played um, Corporal... Nice. Um, something. It was his first film. Normally on Thomas, it was very rare that we'd all be together in the room. Uh, sometimes it'd only be one of us or two of us. Yeah. Only once were there four or five of us together. But quite often we were all recording yeah. separately, uh, which meant I never knew wh- which actors were playing the other parts in the US or the UK versions. I also got to say that after you stepped down from the voices of Bertie, Flynn and Dart, Stephen Kinman did dart very close to what you did. Yeah, Steven's great. He's he's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't just replace you as dart. He's he was also brilliant as Paxton, Peter Sam, and Dark. Oh right, good. He's he's very good, Stephen. He's he's got a very light voice. He's got a very his voice isn't very deep like mine. His his reg, his register is a lot higher, which means yeah. he can play a lot of younger characters really really well. When we met, we were yeah. doing. Um, radio drama and and uh, stuff like that. This was pre-Thomas yep. when Steve and I met. And quite often, S- Steve would be playing my son in things because my wow. voice had a deeper register than his, even though we were si- of, of a similar age. I, I was a little older than him, not too much. But he was always come across as a lot younger with his young voice, and I always came across yep. as somewhat older. So we were a good father-son uh, team, even though we were only a few years apart. <laughs> yeah, of course. Ben Small was... Also, the second voice of Flynn, he was actually pretty close to your portrayal of Flynn, but he left the show too. And then 
well, Rackstraw took over as Flynn, but he doesn't sound anywhere near like what you or Ben sounded like. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know he was in Thomas. You yeah. Don't. Oh, well, good on him. That's fantastic. You weren't a Bob the Builder fan, I take it. You're uh, merely not Thomas. Quite, no. No. Because I know all the characters in Bob the Builder, but I don't, I don't really know many of the characters in Thomas. I only know the ones that I did. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, as I said, when, you, when you're when you in a, a show like that, um, you just get given your bits and you go along and you, you read your bits and... Yeah. Um, like even when I did the Star Wars video games or the Harry Potter video games, I'd only read my bits. So I'd just get ah, given what I was supposed right. to be doing as Hagrid or Snape or Voldemort. And then I, yeah. you, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but, you know, I played no. all three of those parts in the Deathly Hallows video games, but I didn't know who was playing the other parts. I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know what their performances were like. Uh, and unless I played the game, I would never have heard how the scene was all cut yeah. together anyway. It's a very yeah. lonely, it can be a very lonely profession, Michael. It's, it's, yeah. you have to pretend like the actors are in the room with you. So when you're reading along, you're reading along their lines in your head. And of course, yeah. you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to kind of go, all right, how does this actor sound? And you leave that pause. And then you respond to your imagination of what they sound like. And then the other actor does the same thing. And then the editors put them all together. But also, the idea of being in a recording booth, just recording voices in solitude, that sounds like a dream. Oh, it is a dream. I love it, yes. Because I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, I, are you an introvert or an extrovert? But I, I, bit of both. Bit of both, yeah. Uh, yeah. I very much like being at home. I work from home full time. I don't go to studios. I do everything from home and, wow. uh, you know, commercials. And I did, you know bits of peter rabbit 2 from in here i did bits of evil dead from in here you know and i love it because in between jobs i i'm at home and i can sit in the garden or i can go for a walk or i can go to the shops and i don't have to be outside in the car in sydney traffic or sitting in cafes and being on your own in the i think you're absolutely right you've hit the nail on the head it is it's a dream job if if you can get get it right it's a it's a dream job i would say that you are a thomas the tank engine oracle i am you are i think you you pretty you know your thomas really well <laughs> oh yes and he also voiced bert bert not bertie because i was bertie the bus yes you were until keith wickham took over yeah and did keith wickham make him sound like alan bennett as well uh no but he was quite he was actually very very close in fact now that you've just done that voice of bertie it I can't really tell the difference now. Oh, really? Well, that's the fun, because I was basically doing an impression of, of Alan Bennett, the playwright. Do you know Alan Bennett? So I'm he's he's, not. he's an English playwright. I, I think he's dead now. If he's if he's still alive, he's very old. And he's from Yorkshire, and he sounds like that. So I basically made Bertie the Bull sound like him, really. <laughs> I find these British accents so intriguing. Oh, they're great fun. The fact is, I'm just crackers about Thomas. You are. Which is great. But you, I know you're into trains. So is it trains in general or just trains on Thomas? Both, actually. Both. So are you a train spotter? Do you like? Do, do you go out and look at trains or are you a fan of like train engines from uh, uh, older eras and stuff that aren't on the tracks older, anymore? Older eras. Older eras, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some great old railway stations and railway lines in England. If you're ever over in the UK, you should yeah. go and see the old railway stations that still exist. They haven't been... Uh, changed or renovated and they're they're old going back a yeah. hundred years and they've got these old uh old steam engines that are just beautiful well i'm actually going to be in the uk 
um, early next year. Oh, are you? For work, actually. Oh, brilliant. Well, look, what you must try and get together with Keith Wickham and Rob Rackstraw and everybody, if you can. You should contact I, them. You should reach out to them. You know, mention me and say that you'd like to interview them for your podcast. And then when you're in London, you can meet, meet up with them and interview them. That would be wonderful. Just mention me and say, hey, I, you know, I know Rupert and um, I've had a nice chat yeah. with Rupert. And they'll respond to you. And if they didn't, ah, yes. they're really rude and then they'll have me to deal with. Okay. <laughs> well, I will give them my best sort of evil laugh. Why did you not respond to Michael Theo? You horrible man. <laughs> I've, just, I've just been a huge fan of that show ever since I was three years old. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's amazing. I just love everything about it. Shall we do a, a voice acting exercise where we challenge each other? Yes, let's do that. That sounds fun. Yes. All right. I'm worried now. It's all good. This it's is all good. Be, okay. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I'll steal myself, Michael. <laughs> yeah, of course. Do, do the voice of a boy who's scared. A boy who's really scared of what? Is he scared of the dark? Or... Or is he scared because somebody's outside and there's a noise in the garden? Mummy! Mummy! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, challenge me. Okay. Can you do the voice of a salmon in a bowl of uh, oxygenated water um, who is trying to take over the world? How am I supposed to do this right now? Trying to take out the world when I'm stuck in this bloody ball. That's fantastic. This is so bloody frustrating. (laughs) That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Thanks. I used to do um I I did that I do that same thing with my finger and my lips when I want to sound like um sort of like Stephen Hawking or like, you know, someone who uses a computer so that when you can actually sound like this, but you do it slower so you sound like a computer. There is this strange way of talking so you sound like a computerized AI voice. <laughs> oh, really? Is that how you're supposed to sound like mm. Stephen Hawking? Hawking. And, and sometimes because I have a beard, what I do with my beard is I pull my, I pull my, my jowls, you know, like I can do like Droopy the dog, like yeah. So you're sort of like, oh dear, no, you know. But then, but then, but 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 but, 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 but kind of thing. But then, if you then start to sound like Stephen Hawking, it gives a weird way of sounding. So your voice sounds like a computer. I'm pulling my cheeks out, further up, Michael. Got, got put your fingers further up. I, you can only really do it with a beard. <laughs> you might have to start growing a beard now, mate, because because you you have to pull out your. Uh, why should I grow out a beard? Because then when you're pulling on your, if you pull on your skin, you're actually closing the air in your mouth. Whereas if you're just pulling on your, your beard, it means that the sound, the air is going around your mouth. Oh, Anybody right. who's listening to this, if you, <laughs> this oh, is, you need to yeah. be seeing the image of Michael and I pulling our cheeks apart. It's quite funny. <laughs> yes, this yes, this yeah. is so delightful, isn't it, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're it's, enjoying this so uh, much, aren't I'm you? I'm loving, I'm loving this. Oh, dear, I'm loving this. Okay, so your turn. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Try one of the voices that you that you might have seen from Hanna-Barbera. What about one from Wacky Races, for example? 
Matley, Matley, is that right? I say, well, who's the guy with the, you know, he's sort of uh, with the dog. Um, you do the Mutley. dog's laugh, don't you? You do, you do Matley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And then dastardly, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. That's yeah, yeah. So, but who, who's the the guy with the the evil guy with the glasses? He was out of here, sort of, you know. Um, Dick dastardly. Yes, there's a Dick dastardly. I can't think of it. I'd have to, if I hear it, I could probably copy it. See, what I do, Michael, is is I, I use YouTube a lot and I go onto YouTube uh, and then I hear a voice and then I kind of can get the, the tone and the pitch and the voice. But if I'm trying to remember what it sounded like from something I've heard 20 years ago, it's really difficult. Ah, uh, yes. And I don't think I could ever impersonate a person of color's voice because that would come across as racist. Nah, I don't think so. I think a voice, a voice is beautiful. A voice, an accent is wonderful. Like I do, I do Morgan Freeman. I do Eddie Murphy, uh, you know, um, and I don't think it's racist at all. And if anybody thinks it's racist, then it's just silly because, you know, have you heard of, of Jay Farrow? Oh yes, I have. Yeah. His, he does this amazing Denzel Washington. It's so funny. And Kevin Hart, you know, um, they're brilliant. I love his impressions. He's so good. Yeah. But because my voice is, is very deep, um, I have trouble doing high-pitched voices. It's like getting up in this, getting up in the higher register. Why? You mean something like this? Right. So it gets quite nasal when you go high. Is that what you're saying? And you, you, your voice is deep, so you want it to go uh, higher. Ah, uh, yeah. Isn't this what I'm supposed to sound like? Yeah. <laughs> the funny, the, the amazing thing when you do it, when you do a voice, it's it's always great to use your your various. Uh, parts of your face because everybody like Stephen Fry for example who, who broke his nose many years ago when he was young Ooh. so Stephen Fry you can hear he has a slight sort of nasal which to, to do Stephen Fry what I tend to do is I block one nostril because Stephen Fry himself has a sort of a blocked nostril and if somebody has um, a, a, an underbite uh, like yes. like that can you see what I'm doing this Oh, yeah. Then of course that changes the voice. So if you're sort of doing, you know, like like Malcolm Turnbull or something, where there's that that sort of slight underbite that he has, the, you know, you, that comes across in the voice. Yeah. And it, you've got to use your nose and your mouth, and you can do some amazing things just by changing the shape of your face well. to match the person you're impersonating. The physic, the phys, physic. People don't realize how much physicality goes into doing a voice. You know, I when know. I'm doing Donald Trump, I, you know, I've got to do the thing with the hands. I've got to move his hands the way he does, and do that thing. You know, because it's the way of getting behind the voice is to go. Okay, what does he physically do? You know, that's very smart, Rupert. You seriously think it's a good idea doing an impersonation of one of the most hated people in the world? <laughs> He's very funny to do an impersonation of. <laughs> I've yes, been impersonating yeah, politicians yes. for years, Michael. <laughs> that voice I did, that was just an impression of Joe Pesci. Ah, Joe Pesci. Wait, you think I'm funny? Funny how? <laughs> <laughs> so back to the challenge. You do some Joe Pesci and I'll do Robert De Niro having a conversation with you. Okay. So uh, what, what do you think is going on out there? I don't know. I don't know, Joe, but the last time I was in this bar with you, you went up to that guy, you pulled a piece, I don't know what were you doing. What were you doing to that guy? You beat him up. Why? He was a good guy. Because, because, I, because I hate him. I hate his guts. I hate his family. I hate his wife. I even hate his kids. You got to take that gobble ghoul outside and give him a good smack around the side of the face. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, can, you, can you say that again, please? 
I said you gotta take that gobble ghoul outside of the, <laughs> the side of the, the the place and give him a smack around the face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> why? We, why don't you make me tough guy? <laughs> shall we do it in New York? <laughs> Who cares what we do? How we do it in New York? I'm from New Jersey. Oh well, in that case, see you later, alligator. <laughs> see ya. See you later, New Yorker. <laughs> how did, how was that? That was great. That was great. Thanks. Now we can move on to the Ask Mr. A Plus segment where you get the chance to ask me any questions questions that's on your mind. So let's do it. Okay, so my question to you is Yes. What kind of an acting career do you see yourself doing? What kind of parts do you think you would love to play and in what kind of uh, genre? I actually consider myself a versatile performer. I want to work in all genres except for horror, slasher, suspense, and thriller films. It would be film, television, radio, animation, and commercials, all kinds. I'm open to doing any kinds of characters, but I also have a, a I especially love doing villainous characters. Great. Because there's so much fun to play and because it's a healthy way for me to release any anger that I may have inside. Yes, that's very true. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on today's podcast, Rupert. It really means a lot to me. And I also hope that we could, you know, possibly stay in touch in a way. Of course we can stay in touch, Michael, anytime. You've got you've got my email, you know how to get hold of me. I'd be delighted to hear from you. One voice actor to another. That's the one. That's the one. So reach out whenever you like, mate. Let me know when you're in Sydney and we'll go for coffee. That would be amazing. And it would be on me. Thank you so much, Rupert, for coming on today's podcast. It really has been a huge blast and an honour. Oh, thank you, Michael. You're very welcome. And it's been great to meet you too. 